it was just unbelievable power and the water hitting the cliff side, just shooting water up into the air. A powerful storm producing mudslides, rock slides and flooding. The warnings tonight around southern BC waterways. Plus, really, the door has been shut on the public's face over this in Surrey. It's the final countdown for the Surrey Police Vote Group, still confident in its efforts a day ahead of the referendum deadline. And it was a moving, humbling experience. An Afghan war veteran who helped an interpreter and his family resettle in Canada is knighted. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. An atmospheric river is leaving parts of BC's major highways more fit for off-road vehicles than long-distance travel tonight. The downpour soaking the region, giving rise to flood watches, road closures and dangerous conditions. Even provincial transportation workers are on edge. Between Box Canyon and Porsche is a disaster waiting to happen. The scene from the Coquihalla where the concrete highway divider is acting like a dam holding back a torrent of debris. The highway is closed at least until Monday. That's where Emily Lazatin begins our coverage tonight. There's a landslide going up the coke. This driver, one of the last to get through as torrential downpour brought on multiple rock and mudslides and flooding forcing the closure of the Coquihalla Highway in both directions between Hope and Merritt. Mud and debris nearly a metre thick, taking over both sides of the highway, the centre divider acting like a dam. Big landslide, I'm driving through a flood. Sunday afternoon, Dry VC warning people to avoid unnecessary travel in the Fraser Valley, Fraser Canyon and Hope area. Don't stop. No, this isn't some off-road adventure. This is Highway 1 between Chilliwack and Hope near Bridal Falls. A rock side closed the highway in the Fraser Canyon north of Yale. On flood watch, the Chilliwack River raging. And on Vancouver Island, a torrent rushing through the Englishman River. It's noisy. Yeah, you can hear it as, as soon as you get about 100 feet out, you can start to hear it rumbling. It was just unbelievable power and the water hitting the cliff side, just shooting water up into the air is, is really neat. But over in Stanley Park, a quiet moment. Two children playing in a flooded road. While this latest November storm brings on warnings and dangerous conditions, for others, opportunities, learning the joys of running and jumping in a puddle. Emily Lazatin, Global News. And part of the Columbia Valley Highway to Cultus Lake is currently closed due to flooding and road damage. There is a detour through the Sawali First Nations land. And on SkyTrain, the Expo Line Columbia Station is closed due to flooding. The Canada Line and Millennium Line are unaffected. For more, let's turn right now to meteorologist Yvonne Shell. So Yvonne, when is the storm expected to ease? As we get in towards our Monday, but it'll be by the afternoon, so be prepared for lots of delays. We'll still be tracking flooding right across the region, and it's all courtesy of this atmospheric river that continues to pummel us across the south coast. Rainfall amounts, we've already picked up upwards of 100 millimeters. This is near UBC, a weather station there. Pitt Meadows over 80, West Van, closer to 80, and out of the harbour, and for the airport, upwards of 50 millimeters. Now, we still 
have additional amounts between 30 and potentially up to 50 millimeters of rain. It'll be heavy at times. Be prepared, especially for your Monday morning in the early morning hours. Now, it's a one-two punch. Now, in behind the system, in the wake of it, we are going to see very windy conditions. We've got wind warnings that have been issued now for areas near Victoria and a special weather statement for Metro Vancouver and much of the south coast. How windy will it be and how long will it last? We've also got a significant amount of snow if you're traveling along the Rogers Pass. That coming up very shortly. Nithu? All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. It's not yet known if weather was a factor in a deadly crash in East Vancouver last night. Police say a 59-year-old man was killed after being hit by a car while attempting to cross Kingsway near St. Catherine Street. It happened around 7 o'clock. He was rushed to hospital but died of his injuries. The driver did remain on scene and so far Vancouver police say speed and alcohol were not factors in the collision. Saturday night's crash marks the city's ninth pedestrian fatality of the year. The deadline for a petition campaign for a referendum on Surrey policing is looming. Canvassers have until Monday to collect enough signatures to force a vote on the issue, even as the Surrey Police Service gets set to replace Surrey RCMP in a matter of weeks. Grace Key has the latest. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. It's the final push for signatures at the Holiday Inn in Cloverdale. A group is trying to get a binding referendum on the transition of Surrey's police force. Organizer Darlene Bennett's husband was killed in Surrey in a case of mistaken identity. I think we're really close. We need about uh, oh, just a little over 35,000. And I, I believe that we're very, very close to that. Organizers had 90 days to gather signatures for the petition. They need at least 10% of eligible voters in all of the province's 87 electoral districts. Instead, they concentrated on Surrey's nine electoral ridings needing 35,000 signatures, hoping the provincial government will okay a binding regional referendum. I think, you know, this showing of the second largest city in the province that if we meet that 10% goal is, is going to send a really clear message to the provincial government that, hey, listen, the people of Surrey want a voice and they want to be heard. Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum ran on a promise to transition from the RCMP to an independent municipal police force. 50 Surrey police service officers are expected to hit the streets by the end of the month in the first phase of the transition. I have some counting to do. You've got some counting to do. There's over 4,600 signatures there. Signatures must be handed into Elections BC by Monday. If they get enough, the referendum would ask residents if they support keeping the RCMP as Surrey's police service or create a new one under the proposal. If the petition doesn't go through, City Councillor Brenda Locke says the fight to stop the transition won't be over. The next step is going to be the, uh, the election in 2022. And the election in 2022, this will absolutely be the ballot question. There's no question about it. Grace Key, Global News. A Vancouver independent councillor is highlighting the importance of vaccination after five members of her family, including three children, came down with COVID-19. Rebecca Bly tweeted late Friday that her two nephews, niece, brother and sister-in-law, are all sick from a school exposure, even though they take precautions and wear masks. The adults are double vaccinated and her sister-in-law is high risk with type 1 diabetes. The exposed child went to play with cousins before going home, where they learned of the exposure and tested positive when symptoms started to show. All are doing okay now, but with COVID-19 being spread through the unvaccinated, Bly says it's up to us to get vaccinated to protect kids 12 and under until they're eligible to get immunized. we got to get herd immunity. We've got to get 
the broader population uh, vaccinated, we all play a role in that. Um, and for those children that are immune compromised or can't get vaccinated, we've got to do it for them too. So, uh, you know, I'd hate to see um, another variant that is more aggressive with kids or any, any of these things can happen, which we've seen, right, with COVID right through the past 18 months. So I, I would be, I would say it's prudent as a parent to um, take the opportunity to vaccinate our kids. Starting tomorrow, a North Shore Mountain Resort will require its guests to show proof of vaccination. Grouse Mountain says visitors 12 and older will have to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 for this winter season. As of Monday, pass holders and multi-day snow school participants will be required to show their vaccine card during their first visit. Individual ticket holders will be required to produce the card for each visit before boarding the Skyride. The Resort Mountain is also mandating its employees to be fully vaccinated. Tomorrow marks exactly two weeks since a Kamloops woman vanished under mysterious circumstances. Major crime investigators are still searching at least two separate areas in the disappearance of Shannon White. Kristen Robinson has more. Kamloops RCMP maintaining a presence outside a trailer in Silver Sage RV Park as the serious crime unit continues to investigate the disappearance of 32-year-old Shannon White. After the alleged incident that's apparently happened, the, 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 the girl gone missing, is that they, they have had a police officer posted uh, outside or a couple of units away. From lot 32, which was the focus of a police search on Friday, the vehicle neighbours normally see under this portable garage now gone. They're looking hard for her and uh, and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what where she's disappeared to. White, who is well known in the off-road community, vanished November 1st. It's believed she left her lower Sahali home in her black Jeep around 8 a.m. She was due at work at 8.30, but never arrived at the car dealership just over two kilometers away. A day later, her vehicle was found parked near Royal Inland Hospital, missing the pink flower that usually sits above her spare tire. RCMP also say White's Jeep left town shortly after she was supposed to be at her job and was seen on the Trans-Canada Highway. It was traveling west and then it was gone for a 45-minute period outside of Kamloops. That led investigators to look for evidence in an undisclosed area west of the city with help from Kamloops Search and Rescue. It's, it's scary. Yeah. The home police are watching in the RV park northeast of downtown Kamloops is about four kilometers away from White's neighborhood. Again, hopefully they, they find her and get this sorted out. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A fugitive gang member wanted by Surrey RCMP for more than 21 months is in custody south of the border. Alleged brother keeper, brothers keepers, rather, gangster Nassim Ali Muhammad was booked at King County Correctional Facility last Monday under a different name. The 23-year-old is facing a federal felony charge along with charges of robbery and possessing a stolen vehicle. In February of 2020, a warrant was issued for Muhammad out of Surrey, where he's accused of being unlawfully at large, resisting and obstructing police, and breach of release. RCMP say Muhammad is linked to the Lower Mainland gang conflict. In January of this year, they received information that he had illegally entered the U.S. A Kelowna residence, which was the scene of a home invasion and police standoff just days ago, has gone up in flames. I don't know what happened. I just looked out the window, there was fire. 
Dick Willard lives at the home on Harvey Avenue near Ethel Street. The fire destroyed the front of the home on Tuesday morning. Five people were arrested following an early morning home invasion at the same address. At the time, RCMP said it was not a random incident and everyone involved did know each other. No word on the cause of Saturday's fire, but it is considered suspicious. RCMP will be releasing video tomorrow of the suspect in an arson at Burnaby Hospital on the one-year anniversary of the fire that contributed to a deadly COVID-19 outbreak. Last November, police say a fire was deliberately set in the basement of a building that houses mental health services as the hospital battled an outbreak of the virus. Patients were moved around during the fire, worsening the COVID-19 situation. More than 100 patients and staff became infected and at least 10 people passed away. Some surgeries were also impacted. RCMP released a photo of a person they said who was not a suspect in the arson, but someone who they did want to speak with. The results are in, and to Kamloops to Shwetmik, Cookpee, Roseanne Kazmir has been re-elected for a second term. That ballot count was confirmed late last night. It was a three-way race with longtime councillor Jeanette Jules and former councillor Chad Goffordson. Kazmir says this year has been undeniably one of the most challenging as chief. From dealing with the confirmation of unmarked graves and COVID-19, Kazmir says her ability to lead has only strengthened. After the break, a Canadian veteran is knighted after helping Afghans flee. It was um, just the right thing to do. It was something I didn't have to think about. And how a brotherly bond between soldiers is at the heart of a mission to help more people flee Taliban rule. Plus... To be uh, that brazen to walk into these businesses and cut the wire. A suspect is sought for stealing poppy boxes in Burnaby. Noticeable absence during the Remembrance Sunday service in London today as the British royal family led by Prince Charles and Prince William paid their respects to veterans. Buckingham Palace says Queen Elizabeth has to miss out on the annual tribute to Britain's war due to a sprained back. The 95-year-old monarch was said to be disappointed to miss the event. The Queen also recently had to cancel attending the COP26 climate change conference in Glasgow due to undisclosed health reasons. Just days after Remembrance Day, an Afghan war veteran was knighted today for his service in Afghanistan. More recently, it's his efforts to save the family of his Afghan interpreter that's being recognized. Kamil Karmali reports. You hereby make... It's a rare event, but one that is undeniably well-deserved. And acknowledge you, Stephen Peddle, as a field knight... War veteran Stephen Peddle, knighted by the Order of St. George Sunday for saving an Afghan interpreter and his family and bringing them to Canada. It was um, just the right thing to do. It was something I didn't have to think about. He stepped up to the plate big time, using his contacts, using his own time, his own money, everything. But this isn't just the story of a Canadian soldier and his interpreter. It's a story of brotherhood. He's like a brother to me. Meet Sangin Abdul Mateen. Pedal helped him immigrate to Canada in 2012 after he assisted the Canadian Armed Forces. But when Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, Mateen's family back home was in grave danger, including his father, a high-ranking military officer. 
they were almost between um, live and dead. Like, uh, I would say, uh, several hours uh, away before the Taliban captured them. Pedal got into gear, making calls and getting immigration papers ready, helping Mateen's family barely stay ahead of the Taliban on their way out of the country. It was a, a race against time. They were just ahead of the Taliban advance. Mateen's parents, siblings and their families, 12 members, now in Toronto, safe and sound. And while Mateen credits Pedal for saving his and his family's lives, the war veteran says he was just returning the favour. I credit him for possibly saving my life on, on, on numerous occasions. A story of soldiers who became brothers and who wouldn't go above and beyond for family. Helping me with the paperwork and all that stuff, reaching out to the hires, to the MPs, to the IRCCs. It's, it's, it, it was like unforgettable. Like I'll never forget that help. I get emotional uh, when I deal with Sangin because he, he does hold such a special place uh, for me. But the mission far from over. Both are now working to get more Afghans out of the country, knowing time is of the essence. Kamal Kramali, Global News. Burnaby RCMP are on the hunt for a suspect in a trio of poppy box thefts. The Burnaby Legion Branch 148 says three of its donation boxes were stolen this past week. A suspect was captured on surveillance, taking the box from the white spot at Kensington Mall. Police believe the same suspect is responsible for the other two poppy box thefts from Safeway at Willingdon and Hastings and the Starbucks at Kensington Mall. The Legion says the suspect is brazen and even bought his own wire clippers. For someone to, to be uh, that brazen to walk into these businesses and cut the wire, which is not uh, an easy task to say the least, uh, you know, with people around, uh, we know two of the of the thefts were done on the 10th so that would have been uh on the wednesday and uh one was done on the night so they're, they were done in the middle of the day lots of people around walked off with uh money that was meant for our veterans we're not back to normal yet so a lot of us weren't able to you know celebrate and remember in march like we normally do on remembrance day and this is just a this is just like kicking us when we're down so um you know have a look at these photos we believe uh if someone knows this person they'll recognize them Hopefully, uh, uh, this free person that these veterans fought for, so I, he's allowed to walk around the streets and do that. I really hope his uh, parents and his grandparents and his aunts and uncles that may have served really are proud of them. Still ahead on this World Diabetes Day. Sometimes it's a really bad one. Um, if I'm standing, my legs kind of get a little shaky. How Canadian scientists are pushing for new treatments 100 years since the discovery of insulin. Plus, the collectivity of all the promises made here in Glasgow don't hold us to 1.5 degrees. Canadian reaction to the COP26 summit deal. As the dust settles on the COP26 climate summit, some proclaim it a win and others a failure. Abigail Beeman spoke to Canada's Environment Minister, now home from the conference. Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo calls the summit a win, pointing to commitments such as aid for developing nations. But he acknowledged there were also disappointments, most notably watered-down language introduced at the last minute to phase down the use of coal rather than phase out. I know some people are a bit disappointed on the language regarding coal phase-out, for example, or fossil fuel subsidies. And I am too. 
But then again, it's the first time ever that this type of language makes it into one of the conclusions of one of these meetings. Most experts agree it is a milestone to have such a focus on coal and fossil fuels at a COP summit, even though many were disappointed in the revisions which came from a late addition by India. Canada has committed to get out of coal by 2030, and the environment minister reiterated that promise. He didn't offer specifics on when exactly we may see new legislation or details for some of the Liberals' other climate promises. The biggest one announced on the campaign and re-announced on the world stage by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Glasgow, putting a cap on oil and gas sector emissions. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Ottawa. Today is World Diabetes Day, marking 100 years since insulin was first discovered. Sarah Comadina has more on how far we've come and how far we still have to go when it comes to finally finding a cure for the disease. At only 16 months old, Liam Roth was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. He's 7 now. Sometimes hard, but I mean the positive is that I got lots of candy. Because I mean most of the day, sometimes I go low a lot. He knows to speak up when he feels his blood sugar levels dipping too low. Where it's like my tummy kind of hurts a lot. And sometimes it's a really bad one. Um, if I'm standing, my legs kind of get a little shaky. Liam gets a needle every morning in his arm. Throughout the day, he relies on an insulin pump. It comes from my pump, which we have to like refill, refill every like three to four days. And then that goes into a needle in my hip. It's life-saving to him, right? Like he can't go an hour without it. I mean, we, we see the results. I mean, if we forget his, his morning shot, um, I rush over to the school to give it to him. It's not something that can wait. At first, Liam's diagnosis was devastating. His great-grandma's brothers both died from type 1. Her oldest brother passed away from a low in his sleep, and the middle brother um, passed away after a few years of complications from blood sugars running too high. In January 1922, 14-year-old Leonard Thompson was the first person to be successfully given an injection of the hormone. Since then, insulin and diabetes management have come a long way. Now, patients with type 1 diabetes can live uh, with the use of insulin for an uh, extremely long time, while nearing an almost normal life expectancy. But there are still discoveries to be made. Insulin is just a treatment. There is no cure. Research, however, is getting close, and those affected by diabetes hope November marking Diabetes Month and World Diabetes Day on Sunday leads to more funding. While he waits for a cure, Liam is happy to be able to live his life to the fullest. Especially when I'm playing hockey, like I don't really notice that I even have a sensor or sight on me. I just noticed that I'm having fun. Sarah Comedina, Global News. Well, if you were planning on getting a Christmas tree from Ikea this year, you'll have to think again. Because of supply chain issues, the Swedish company says it will not be selling real trees at all at its Canadian stores this holiday season. IKEA links the unavailability to industry-wide impacts of the pandemic and it's apologizing for the disappointment. The company says it's also experiencing shortages of mattresses, kitchen cabinets and their iconic Swedish meatballs. Coming up next, cows on the course. And then all of a sudden the cows appeared, yeah. Causing confusion, the mystery guests on this Kelowna golf course. Stay with us. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. 
First responders spent hours in dark, cold and wet conditions on Grouse Mountain last night conducting a complicated rescue. Paramedics, firefighters and North Shore rescue volunteers were called out just before 6 p.m. on Saturday after a hiker fell on the Baden-Powell Trail. Eventually, he was taken out on a stretcher, possibly with a broken ankle. Crews then had to go back to rescue his companion. There's approximately 25 rescuers that had to conduct this rescue. We basically had two rescues simultaneously. One was a technical vertical rope rescue, and then the other one was uh, another technical vertical rope rescue for another patient. Their message, no one should be out on a hike in conditions like this. I would say don't retrieve your ball. They've got big horns. Confused over cattle making a surprise appearance on a Kelowna golf course. We'll have that story just ahead. But first, we may be dealing with heavy rain and wind, but in Edmonton, it's already snow. A blanket of snow covered the city just before noon today. The snow flew for about two hours before letting up, but this is just the beginning. A snowfall warning is now in effect for the city of Edmonton and much of central and western Alberta. And to the west of Edmonton, Parks Canada says an intense storm is sweeping through the mountain parks. Some areas could get up to 40 centimeters of snow, accompanied by strong winds. As a result, an avalanche bulletin was released today. Danger ratings are listed at high in the Alpine and considerable at Treeline. And back to BC's south, let's bring in meteorologist Yvonne Shell for a full look at the forecast. And it is treacherous on some BC highways, Yvonne. Absolutely. You want to check in, especially with drivebc.ca, for the latest road conditions. But the rain along the coast, that's a big story that we're continuing to follow. We can see that on the radar. The areas in yellow, that's some of the heavier pockets. But the heavy rain will continue all the way towards Monday morning. So give yourself that extra time getting ready for work and school and make sure you grab the rain gear. Here's the copious amounts of moisture. That's all courtesy of that atmospheric river. We've seen upwards of 100 millimeters near UBC and we still have anywhere between 40 and potentially up to 60 millimeters for most areas across Metro Vancouver but it's along the North Shore Mountains eastern areas and to stretching into the Fraser Valley that we could see that number storm total up to 150 millimeters and along the western edge of the island as well. High stream flow advisory for all areas that are in yellow so minor flooding in low-lying areas is possible and we do have a flood watch for the Englishman River that's near Parksville and the river levels may exceed bankful so very carefully Please stay away from any of the rivers. We are going to continue to see localized flooding leading in towards our Monday and then easing off by Tuesday. I wanted to outline as well, if you're traveling along the mountain passes, it's along the Rogers Pass. A winter storm warning is in effect. We've already seen 45 centimeters of snow so far, and there's an additional potentially 15 and up to 20 centimeters. So the storm total could range between 15 up to 65 centimeters. And that snow from now through Monday, and many of the mountain passes will be still watching that wet snow and changing over to a significant amount of rain. So check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. But I did want to highlight the Rogers Pass because we still are tracking snow and heavy at times. Big weather story, though, as we get in towards Monday and Tuesday now. Track this atmosphere river in behind this frontal system. In the wake of it, we've got very windy conditions that'll pick up through the day, late morning, and continuing for the afternoon, where we could see up to 70 kilometers per hour. These will be gusts. The wind advisory that is in effect for Metro Vancouver between 40 and up to 70 
along the island between 30 and 60. And a few areas near the strait could see that between 60 and up to 90 kilometers per hour. Picks up late morning and then continues towards the afternoon. So we've got rain into the morning hours and then the winds will continue through the day on our Monday, a blustery one. Now the northern half of the province with some flurries changing over to showers. It's snowfall across the central interior. Area of concern will be for the southeastern corners of the province. We are looking at the risk of freezing rain and that transition for many of the mountain passes and higher elevations. South coast tomorrow morning still tracking that rain and heavy at times. Very windy conditions for the afternoon. It'll dry out in terms of the precipitation by tomorrow night and then a much needed break Neithu will be on our Tuesday with some sunshine and highs up to eight degrees. All right. Thanks so much for that, Yvonne. And back to our top story. The flooding is stranding some in the Fraser Valley tonight. Nobody's here. We are stuck. This is the situation along Highway 1 westbound in Rosedale, east of Chilliwack. This driver watched two trucks make it through the high water, but he's staying put for now. Yikes. And it wasn't the wild weather that surprised golfers out to play one last game of the year at the Mission Creek Golf Club in Kelowna. Rather, they were surprised to find different kinds of hazards on the green today. Challenges at this time of year, you got a lot of leaves, you got standing water in the fairways, and then of course, the Longhorn cattle. (laughs) It's the last day to get in a few rounds at the Mission Creek Golf Club in Kelowna. And that's just what Philip Mazur and his dad decided to do. And then all of a sudden, the cows appeared, yeah. The duo doing their best to play around the small herd. Yeah, it's it's surprise. It's believed the cattle must have escaped from an enclosure on a nearby farm. Club owners calling around to see who might be missing their livestock. In the meantime, giving last chance golfers a little advice. I would say don't retrieve your ball. They've got big horns. And speaking of hazards, also watch where you step. Right, a little bigger than the geese. Other than that, I guess the golfers can just keep playing the game until the cows come home. Kimberly Davidson, Global News. Yeah, don't don't replace your divot if no. you land in the in the cow pie. You're, no. It's okay. This have you ever over. run into that, Barry? Uh, not not. Uh, I have not. I've run into a lot of hazards on a golf course, but none that uh, that I could milk. <laughs> Although you know, anyway, I'm gonna keep going here because I don't know where the heck that's going. <laughs> I'll say what though the Canucks. Uh, the Canucks have been stepping in the cow pies uh, re- uh, recently. Uh, big loss again last night in Vegas. They're losing again tonight in Anaheim. A lot of people calling to like fire everybody. Travis Green, Jim Benning. So uh, highlights of that coming up. And uh, Russell Wilson came back for the Seahawks. We'll see how they did in Green Bay as well. All right. Thanks so much for that, Barry. And still ahead, safe water done right. One NTU or more will get a boil advisory. How this award-winning water operator was put to the test this summer in Lytton. This is BC with Jay Durant, brought to you in part by Fortis BC, BC's energy solutions provider. Warren Brown has won awards as the water operator for the Lytton First Nation, but his abilities were put to the test this past summer when disaster struck the village. Here's Jay Durant with tonight's This is BC. Gets sent down, it's hit with chlorine, and here comes a pump. Warren Brown is a rock star in the water world. He's won many awards, including Operator of the Year in Canada, which is basically the MVP for clean drinking water. Goes up, fills up the chambers above us. Hi, I'm Warren Brown. I'm from Lytton First Nation. 
He's become a bit of a celebrity starring in a series of YouTube videos. He's the online guy for how to do safe water right. One NTU or more will get a boil advisory. The whole village is going. But his leadership was put to the test during the fire that destroyed Lytton this summer when everything changed in an instant. So we weren't necessarily thinking of drinking water per se. We were thinking just get the hydrants up and running for the firefighters. By redirecting water from one of the local creeks, Brown was able to refill two of the seven systems despite a total loss of power. For the operator, it was a, a, a grueling couple of days until the 14th of July when we had hydro restored. The recovery process is still ongoing. It's not like a movie where halfway, one hour into the show, the big disaster happens and the last 20 minutes of the movie they start rebuilding. It's not like that. There was no manual on how to handle that type of crisis, but Brown and his team found a way, a challenge unlike anything he had faced in his career. So after the, the water's filtered, we hit it with chlorination. So this is the sand we use for our filtration. It's all made in Alberta, I believe. Now it's back to the business that has earned him so much recognition and a lot of praise within his community. Some of the elders would drop off a can of coffee for us to show appreciation for our jobs because the biggest thing we need in our department is coffee. <laughs> we can't operate without coffee. They likely won't be putting up any statues when he retires, but as far as unsung heroes go, Warren Brown deserves every award he receives. Jay Durant, Global News. If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to BC that people should know about, email your ideas to thisisbc at globalnews.ca. And coming up, Barry's back with a full sports cast after this break and later. Their last names and their flight suits. Because we're not playing characters, we are ourselves. A look at the Canadian special screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Help the CKNW Kids Fund support BC's kids this year. November 30th is the 44th annual Pledge Day, and this year after receiving a record number of applications for families for funding, they need your support more now than ever. Tune into 980 CKNW and consider pledging this year. Support Covenant House Vancouver and triple your impact. Help them as their doors remain open to provide unconditional love and absolute respect for youth overcoming homelessness. Your donation today will be triple match for youth in need. For our BC, I'm Michael Newman. In partnership with BCAA, from help at home to on the road, that's the power of BCAA, and it's moving British Columbians forward. All right, Barry's back for the full sports cast. There hasn't been very much good news for BC teams as of late. No. What do you have for us tonight? Uh, well, more of the same, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry to be the bearer of the bad news. <laughs> New, uh, after giving up 14 goals in their past two games. Job one for the Canucks tonight in Anaheim is to tighten up the defense. Even though they only won twice during that seven-game homestand, their team defense was noticeably pretty solid, but it's gone off the tracks in a hurry on this short road trip. Tyler Mott is playing for the first time this season. He should help that 32nd-ranked penalty kill. Travis Green's team 14 power play goals allowed in the last eight. Now the Ducks had an early power play. Cam Fowler slapper hits the post. The Canucks clear and Elias Pettersson who's in the box has a breakaway on John Gibson but 
Gibson with the poke check. Pedersen stuck on three goals. The other young Swede, Nils Hoaglander, is on a roll. Two goals last night and then makes a brilliant solo dash and powers it through Gibson. That's his fifth goal in six games, and the Canucks take the lead. But after a Justin Bailey double minor for high sticking, Ducks tied on the power play. Trevor Zegras with a big blast past Yaroslav Halak. Canucks 32nd ranked PK taking another hit. 1-1. Second period. More PK woes. Ryan Getzlaff gets the shot on net. And it's Trevor Zegras again cleaning it up through traffic. 16 power play goals now against in nine games. Around two per game. They just have no answers right now. 2-1 Anaheim leads. Then later it's Zegras. He'll take the long clear pass. And nice little backhand saucer pass there to... Sonny Milano, who beats Halak, is 3-1 Anaheim. Now, the Canucks did have a chance. Brock Besser, long breakaway, beats Gibson, but off the crossbar. That is uh, basically life as a Canuck right now. Can't buy a break. 3-1 after two. San Jose and Abbotsford, 2-2 in the third in Abbotsford. The uh, baby Canucks beat San Jose on Friday, looking for a second straight win. All right, more NHL, Oilers and Blues. Leon Dreisaitl leading the NHL in scoring 28 points in 13 games, three more than Connor McDavid. But late first, Zach Hyman finds McDavid, who chips it past Jordan Binnington, number 10 for Connor. Career point number 600, 1-1 after one. Second period, Oiler power play, and to nobody's surprise, it's a Dreisaitl goal for McDavid. How many times have they done this? Dreisaitl's release is ridiculous. His 15th, that leads the NHL. 2-1 Edmonton. Now 2-2, Ryan Nugent Hopkins finally gets his first goal of the season. He does have 17 assists, which is tops in the NHL, but he likes to score two. Great pass from Dreisaitl. It's 3-2. Third period, 4-3 Oilers, but the Blues tie it. Vladimir Tarasenko knocks in the puck from the doorstep. 4-4. It looked like overtime, but Dreisaitl... Look at that strength and the pass to Kyler Yamamoto, whose one-timer is the game winner with 27 seconds to go, and the Oilers win again 5-4. They are 11-3 this season. Flames and Senators from Ottawa, the Kachuk brothers, Matthew and Brady. Brady just named captain in Ottawa. Matthew's just an assistant. Late first, Flames open the scoring. Sean Monahan shot deflected in by Andrew Mangiapane. What a breakout year he's having after that wonderful world championships uh, where he led Canada to gold last spring. It's 1-0 Calgary after one. He's got 10. Then another tip goal. Rasmus Anderson shot nicely deflected in by Elias Lindholm. It's 2-0. And then on a power play, the puck will score it out to Matthew Kachuk. He will bury it, and the Flames go on to beat the Senators 4-0. Flames a solid 8-3-4, second in the Pacific behind Edmonton. And some women's international hockey, Finland series. Canada winning their first two of uh, this series by scores of 4-2 and 8-0, and they won again today. Victoria Bach on the breakaway. Nice shot to the top shelf, and Bach is back for more later. Pretty goal here again. She winds her way in. 4-1, Canada sweeps the Finland series Three games to nothing. The Seahawks are thrilled that Russell Wilson was back in the lineup about a month sooner than doctors expected. And Wilson and the Seahawks are going to need another miracle of sorts to make the playoffs. They probably need to go 7-2 and two in their last nine, which includes some tough games, like today at Lambeau Field against the Packers. Russell still with the number one ranked quarterback rating in the NFL, but uh, he also gets sacked a lot. Packers get to him in the first quarter to end a drive. 
And it, it remains scoreless in the first quarter. Aaron Rodgers also making a return back after missing a week with COVID. And he will hit Devontae Adams for 34 yards. And that would lead to a Packer field goal. Bit of a nondescript first half. 3-0 mid-second Green Bay. Seahawks offensive struggles continue. You'd expect Wilson to be rusty after being out about a month. Sacked again, just 4 of 7 for 40 yards at that point. But just 3-0 at the half. Third quarter, Hawks in the red zone looking to take the lead. Wilson to DK Metcalf, but no, it is picked off in the end zone. So no touchdown, not even a field goal, which would have tied the game. Remains 3-0. Fourth quarter, Packers will drive the field. 11 plays capped by this three-yard power run by A.J. Dillon. Hawks defense held them off for as long as they could. But the Packs get into the end zone. It's 10-0. Dillon taking the Lambeau leap. Still time, though, for the Seahawks. Wilson going deep into the end zone again, this time for Tyler Lockett, but again picked off by the Packers. Russell just 161 yards passing. He gets shut out for the first time ever in his NFL career. 17-0 Packers win, so the Seahawks drop to 3-6. and six. The Packers go to 8-2. and two. Also today, Cardinals home to Carolina. No Kyler Murray again for Arizona. Cam Newton returning to the Panthers. Didn't start, just Took a few snaps, but man, did he make the most of them. His first running play, well, two-yard touchdown run for Cam Newton, just like old times in Carolina. 7-0 Panthers. Then later, Newton in at uh, on the goal line again. This time it's a touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. The Panthers built up a 23-0 lead in Phoenix at the half. Edmonton's Chuba Hubbard puts this one away, walking in for the touchdown. Panthers do the Seahawks a big favor, blasting the Cardinals by the final of 34-10 as Arizona drops to 8-2. Falcons and Cowboys from Dallas. Cowboys were embarrassed at uh, Denver last week, but they took out their frustration on the Falcons today. Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb for the touchdown, made it 7-0. It turns out that's all they would need, but uh, they poured it on. Second quarter, Cowboys with 29 points in that quarter, including another Prescott to Lamb strike as the Cowboys stomp the Falcons 43-3, and Dallas improves to 7-2. Brazilian Grand Prix from Sao Paulo, Lewis Hamilton started 10th after being handed a five-grid penalty, but Hamilton made up for ground rapidly, trying to go past points leader Max Verstappen, but Verstappen forces Hamilton off track. It was reviewed, but no penalty assessed to Verstappen, and Hamilton wasn't happy about that. But on lap 59, Hamilton finally reels in Verstappen and takes the lead, and he never looked back. He ended up winning by 10 seconds. The 101st victory for Hamilton. This ranking right up there is one of his best. Verstappen's overall lead in the driver's standings now down to 14 with three to go. What a battle this season in Formula One. And we'll finish with some golf from Houston. American Martin Trainer only made four cuts in his last 25 events, but in contention. How about this shot from 70 feet on the 11th? Takes a while to get there, but it's worth the wait for him. It's a bonus birdie, takes a two-shot lead at nine under. But Jason Kokrak reeled him in, made three straight birdies on the back. This one at the par 5 16th. Beautiful sand wedge to five feet, made that for birdie. And Kokrak finishes at 10 under. 
It's a two-shot victory as he wins the Houston Open. Trainer finished fifth. Nick Taylor of Abbotsford was 41st at two over. And Nithu, that's it for sports. All right. Thanks so much, Barry. We have some breaking news. An emergency operations center has opened up in Abbotsford due to mudslides. Police say washouts have occurred on Eagle Mountain, where 12 properties are affected. Glen Mountain, where two properties are affected. And Dawson Road, where 40 to 50 properties are affected. Assessments are in progress and no injuries have been reported. We'll continue to follow this breaking news. We'll be right back after this break. Watch the Global News and 980 CKNW Leadership Series every Saturday and Sunday in partnership with Fortis BC. That's energy at work. No ghosts were saved in Fort McLeod, Alberta last night. Ghostbusters filled the main street complete with the Ecto-1. Jessica Robb has more on the Canadian special screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. The red carpet was out in Fort McLeod on Saturday night for a very special event as something strange rolled into town. Who are you guys going to call? Ghostbusters! Fans came from around the world to catch the Canadian special screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. The movie was filmed throughout Alberta and local Ghostbusters had a front row seat to all the action. It's just so nostalgic just being back here after like two years of watching it being filmed and having it here in front of me now. It's like... Yeah. Seeing yeah. everything again is just awesome. Driving into Fort McLeod, we were just like goosebumps, like just chills. <laughs> Busters from BC even brought in a replica of the Ecto-1. It was a really, a literal big one that we wanted on our list. And uh, we're just we're just so happy to have it. We're so excited to be able to show it to everybody here in Fort McLeod. But it wasn't just a movie premiere. It was also a fundraiser for the Empress Theater. The 109-year-old theater needs repairs. Ghostbusters of all ages came out for the event. Well, it's been 30 years since the last movie with the original cast. One message has never faded. Anybody can be a Ghostbuster. That's the thing. You don't have to have a superpower. You don't have to be extremely good looking. You can have a bit of a beer gut. Most of the people out here are going to have their last names on their flight suits. Because we're not playing characters. We are ourselves as Ghostbusters. By the end of the night, one thing was made extra clear as chants rang through the street. Who are you going to call? Us! Well, you get it. Jessica Robb, Global News. Well, it's certainly a good night to stay in and watch any movie. Absolutely. Uh, the rain is going to continue heavy at times. Uh, please be prepared for Monday morning. Give yourself that extra time. Flooding out of the roadways. We're on flood watch for many areas. And then we are going to see the winds ramping up. Will be the big weather story late morning and leading in towards the afternoon. And we're tracking the latest on what it means for flooding, mudslides and road closures. Jordan Armstrong will have the latest on BC1 and at 11. Thanks so much for joining us all. Stay safe out there.